Texas, your United States of America. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to episode 15 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, now powered by thegorillaposition.com and presented by Hameen Media. On today's show, we're talking about the latest going on inside of the WWE as we break down Raw and SmackDown Live. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking creative as well as the business behind the business that is this crazy world known as professional wrestling. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot the show an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined as always alongside my Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R of B to the V. Rick Victor here, and I am on the road again, my friends. But nothing short of Brock Lesnar would stop me from talking some pro wrestling with my tag team partner, Michael Jargo. Jargo, what's good in your neck of the woods? My neck of the woods is Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where it is cold and it is gross. Dude, we went from 64 degrees the other day at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to 13 degrees by 7 a.m. the next fucking morning. Welcome to Iowa. Uh, I we, we are pretty close here in Ohio. Uh, we've dropped about 23 degrees, but I have to tell you, I'm actually coming I'm actually coming in from this Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast from Crosley Sports Bar and Grill in my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. have to give a plug. One of my absolute best friends, Scott Schmidt. He's the owner and operator. Plus, on Mondays and Wednesdays, swing by and see my old school favorite girl in the world, Yes, before there was my Shar Shar, there was my Sweet C, and she's one of the absolute best behind the bar. So if you're going through Cincinnati, make sure you check out Crosley's Sports Bar and Grill. Let's go to somewhere where the weather does not suck. Let's go to Staples Center, Los Angeles, California for Monday Night Raw. So the weather was the only thing not sucking in that town. At least the weather in L.A. is good because, let's face it, the Lakers stink. And Monday Night Raw was, well, it was Monday Night Raw. Uh, USA Network drew a 1.96 rating amongst live and same night DVR viewers. Uh, very similar to last week's rating of 1.97. They're right around that 2.0 range. Uh, the only notable thing from this show, as far as the numbers go, was a drop-off of 717,000 people. Now, I, I realize... Pittsburgh and Cincinnati were playing on ESPN. Those two teams basically hate each other. Well, I guess this is kind of fitting that I'm actually coming to us from here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Man, I am surprised to see these numbers because in my heart, I am a Bengals fan. I, I have to admit, I have not watched probably but a couple quarters of football this season. Uh, I've just lost interest in it, but, you know, this is one of those games that is perceived as a great rivalry. I don't know how much you can say it's rivalry. I don't think the Bengals have beaten the Steelers in three years. But fans know this thing is going to be brutal. I mean, hell, we had uh, we had a gentleman almost get paralyzed. We had a couple players get carted off the field. We had the Bengals record a, a record for all time in the NFL, most penalty yards. It's a vicious, vicious game. Do you think people were just tuning in to see that? Well, and let's look at the third hour of Monday Night Raw. 
The third hour began with a surprise, unadvertised appearance by Braun Strowman against Elias. Then you have the unadvertised follow-up to the Matt Hardy personality transformation. You have the unadvertised uh, Asuka versus Alicia Fox match. The unadvertised Finn Balor versus Bo Dallas match. And then, finally, the tag team title match. Now, hold on here, uh, Jargo. You know, uh, most of those were advertised. All you have to do is dig into the Brian Saxon or whoever's doing it that week on their social media. Yeah, the marks are going to do that. The average person, the the, the casual fan, they're not oh, going to do that. I completely agree with you. This is where they're trying to you know, overanalyze, overexploit their social media numbers. And they're just totally neglecting their, their regular promotion taxes by letting you know what the hell's going to be on each show. 717,000 people. For the record, that's like triple the impact viewership. That just dropped off. That just quit watching Raw Monday night between the first hour and third hour. And, and I have news for you. Is well, Here's what really is. So they're going, they're going to tune into a Monday night football game that they know is going to be vicious, hateful. They're just going to mutilate each other. Over a pro wrestling show? Shouldn't I tell you there's something wrong with your show when that's what you're supposed to be about? Well, we're at what? It's pure violence. We're at what? Week 14, right? Of the NFL? Uh, I, like 14, I said, 15. So, I mean, we're getting, we're getting me. down to the nitty gritty. You know what I mean? So, every game is must win. And every game that is lost is catastrophic. Wins and losses matter. People can invest in that. It's must-see TV. What a novel idea. And I guess I, I, I was going to share this later in the show about something, but I guess I can go ahead and do this. Uh, I've actually been spending some time with family this week. And my, and my dad, he, I, he actually kind of popped in where in the room I was watching wrestling at. He went to check out a dude. He's very invested. And he, he loves our podcast. He loves promoting. He loves everything we're doing over at thegrillposition.com, everything we're doing with the Hacker Hameen Media Group. He's a big supporter. He even admits sometimes I don't understand it, but he wants to see us all succeed. So he's trying to watch the show. He's trying to check it out. So he watches Monday. And I kind of get this look from me when he leaves the room. Then he comes in Tuesday, get that same look. He leaves the room. He comes back in and he was like, and I'm a junior. So he calls me Ricky. He's like, Ricky is all they do is fucking talk. Yeah. That's what it seems like here lately. That's what it this, seems like. This is just a. This is someone that really wants to see us in our spots, on uh, all of our shows, in our in our media outlets, and in our groups, and all. He wants to see us succeed, and, and he loves the passion that we have behind it. But when he sits down and kind of looks at it, his simple question was, "Is that all they do is fucking talk?" I feel very much like a Packers fan, because I'm a Packers fan. And it's like, you know, the WWE and the Green Bay Packers right now have an awful lot of similarities. We lose Aaron Rodgers and the whole thing goes to shit. At least we had a star to lose. You know, but it, it, in losing Aaron Rodgers, our entire roster has been exposed for how mediocre they really, really well, you are. Well, you guys pulled out that big win this week, you know? People yeah, but it's still, that. it's a mediocre team, and it's hard to get excited about it. Right now, WWE is a mediocre product, and it's hard to get excited about it. But you know what? At the end of it, 
I'm still a Packers fan, so I'm still going to watch the Packers, even when they suck. And I'm still going to watch the WWE, even when it sucks. I feel like, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, why do you keep watching? You can change the channel. Well, you know, there's a difference there. Because there are so many ways you can look at this product. There's so many ways you can break it down and enjoy it. You know, like us. We're, we're just not going to simply sit back and everyone out there knows my term. I'm ready to drop it. Lowest common on here, booking. We expect more. That's why we're here doing this, and we have not been given that lately. And damn, I, I guess we just kind of set them up for the show they're in for. <laughs> Three weeks until Monday night football season is over. I'm very interested to see how much the ratings don't go up. I think it's going to come again to uh, look at these gaps between these events. So once again, and I, you almost get tired of talking about it because I was talking to Jersey Mike last night. This is the same storyline that we have had going on for the last 20 years, general managers against talent. Why can't we just get talent versus talent? It's like it didn't work for 50 years prior to that. Yeah, right? So we start off the show with this conglomeration of Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe. I did find it rather ironic that Jordan is presented as a face, Roman is presented as a face, Joe is presented by as a heel, and Joe is the one that gets cheered. I really, you know what? I like this segment. I liked the dynamic. I liked where they were going. You know, there was, I liked the conflict. It was almost in in their own subtle way that they can do it. It was almost like some Shakespearean writing in how they do it. Please do never compare this to, I'm just giving you something they're trying for. My problem with this whole thing is 35 plus minutes. Yeah. That was like the longest opening segment in the history of opening segments. I I checked out after 10 minutes. And it's all about this roundabout talking. You keep talking in circles instead of getting to a point. Yeah, just do something. And, all right, so let's go back to the basics of this. I kind of liked it. Um, where, where are, well, let's, let's break it down by talent. And, and okay. let, let's start from there. So you have Kurt Angle, who's trying to play the manipulated father figure, as well as the general manager of Monday Night Raw. You have his son, Jason Jordan, who by now, everybody is in on the fact that this heel turn is going down at some point. I just, the way yeah. he's presenting himself, like, right. Like it's, it's so over the top obvious. I, I almost wish that I, I, I can feel the, Hey dad, can I get some playing time gimmick? I can feel that. But then I, I but I want him to pull back sometimes when he's too much against the wall and use that knee. Right. Right. But I actually did like what he did here. You know, I, I love the, I don't attack anyone from behind. I'll tell you to your face. Right when he said that, I'm immediately thinking, oh, he better fucking hit Roman from behind. To me, the worst part of this segment was the exchange between Jordan and Roman. When Jordan starts calling Roman out, basically, oh. and saying, oh, you're going to tell me about opportunities. And Roman starts talking about how he's been busting his ass for seven years. 
Really, so, dude? All right. So how I took this as a couple ways. Right when he mentioned that, my first thought was they're trying to get that little um, that lowbrow rub from the Sparks. But Jordan is not the person to pull this off in any way. No. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Now, do you think they knew in their minds or they're thinking, let's have Jordan say it because they're not going to eat it up like when we had Cena say it. And then we'll have Roman rebut and see how it works. Or did the whole thing backfire for you? The whole thing backfired for me. Because immediately, see, as soon as Roman started talking about how he hasn't been given his opportunities, I, I just checked out. Well, in a lot of when Roman started talking, it almost seemed like I was just going back and reading transcripts from the Ric Flairs, the Stone Colds, the Jerichos, all these people that praise him and constantly tell us why he works so hard and why he deserves the praise, why he should be appreciated. Did you see that new Corey Graves show on the network? No, I, I didn't check that out yet. I unfortunately did because I was very curious what the format was going to be. It is now unfiltered with Corey Graves. That's pretty much what the show is. So you would recommend it? No, it's absolutely fucking oh, terrible. terrible. Um, but so oh, he sits oh, down. Hold on, by unfiltered, what do you mean there? Like, it's just you remember like, that show that Renee Young did on oh, the network? No, okay. I was thinking like it's really like unfiltered, like he's gonna be hard hitting journalist. No, 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 no. It's the show unfiltered with Renee Young, but it's now hosted okay. by Corey Graves with a different name. That's what okay. the show is. I got you. And he so, sits down with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns legit makes the comment that he is the best wrestler in the world. And I'm like, are you fucking, are you that fucking delusion? No, he said in the world, are you that fucking delusion? You're not even the best wrestler in the shield. Come the fuck on, dude. And I don't, if, I don't know if he is that fucking delusional that he actually believes that. I mean, I understand the character. Shouldn't you go out there and own your job? Shouldn't you go out there and say that? Absolutely. The character Roman Reigns should say that. That was not presented as the character. This was like, get to know Joe. Yes. So, so yes, that's what we've been asking for. We're sick of seeing a personality on social media on that. We want to see a blend. Shouldn't we? I legit think he's that fucking delusional. no, No, I, no, 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 no. See, he's getting you buying into it. He's doing his job. I, I legit think he is that fucking delusional no, that he has had want, so much this, smoke no, blown up his want, own ass no, that he is that delusional. Line. We want this blurred line. They're giving it to you there. You you can't hate on both sides here, Dargo. They're giving this to her. You want that guy to be like that. I mean, healer thinks he is a cocky son of a bitch. He is presenting himself that way. I'm so, just I'm not sure that is the best face as the face of the company. Well, it doesn't. They've chosen it that way. He needs to go out there and present himself that way. I have not watched the show. I will check it out. I will check back in with you on this on the weekend show. But as, as you're describing it to me, I'm in 100% favor of how he's handled himself there. He needs to be that way. Hey, it's be, it's better than him coming out and building a, a cabin out of Legos. I'll see. There, there we go again. There we go again. Uh, Joe being the only one cheered here. Did that tell you anything? The response that Joe is getting here 
there there was still a decent amount of positivity towards Roman. Yeah, nothing like there was towards Joe. Oh, no, let me get to that here. And there was a decent amount towards Roman. What is crazy is the, ama- the amazing amount, even when he tries to sympathize and ask for a little bit of help from Jordan, man, it, he's still getting that. I don't even, I don't, I don't know if it's still Rocky die. He, or if it's just, if you believe in that kind of shit, X-Pac, he, man, he's just getting shit on. But then when Joe comes out and, and it's just not this crowd, we've seen this since his return, an arena of, I don't know what they, what are they pulling? 6,000 for these shows? Probably Average? four to 6,000 for these shows. Probably four to 6,000 people. Joe, 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 Joe. Yeah. That place came unglued. That was by far the pop of the night. It, and it can't be an overwhelming voice. It's everyone doing it. There, there's no split with him. There's not a Joe sucks. You know, Go, Joe, 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 Joe sucks, Joe, Joe, whatever. Do, do you think they're afraid to put – you think maybe why they did Jordan in here, they're afraid to put those two one-on-one against each other? They should be. They should be absolutely terrified to put those two one-on-one so against each you, other do, right So now. you think Jordan's kind of like the um, the milk that you put in there to kind of soften up the cream or whatever you're doing there or whatever you're whipping together? Now playing the role of Dolph Ziggler, Jason Jordan. Yeah. Hey, he wishes he was Dolph Ziggler. This is true. Uh, so we end up coming out of this thing with Jordan versus Roman. And the way it was presented, I very much so thought that we were going to get Roman versus Joe later in the show. Isn't that the way that it was presented to you? Uh, yeah. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I don't how have you, a problem you, with it. I just wish there would have been it, some kind of logic to it because it very much felt like they were teasing us with, okay, I'm going to whip Jason Jordan's ass now, and then I'm going to whip your ass later in the show. It kind of kept you hooked. Uh, and then, you know, then later show when Joe attacks him, then they just throw out any match between the three. So I might as well just copy and paste my conversation from last week when I went off about it taking Roman Reigns 15 minutes to beat Elias. Now, this week, it takes him 21 minutes to beat Jason Jordan. And yet, I'm supposed to believe that he's going to beat Brock Lesnar in 15 minutes. You've actually got me hooked on this now. You've got me hooked on this now. I'm sitting there watching my watch every time the bell rings with, with Roman. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, Brock's matches, it doesn't take him this long to beat anyone. Right. It didn't take him this long to beat Braun Strowman. He didn't, it didn't take him this long to beat three of you. Yep. 21 minutes to beat Jason Jordan. And it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I think that this is a regression of Roman Reigns inside of the psychology and the subconscious. I think you should be making Roman dominant, running through people right now to get to Brock Lesnar. But maybe that's just me. So you you still stand by it was it was actually a mistake to put that title on him because yeah. now he now he he kind of has this responsibility to go out there and wrestle these guys to elevate everybody. And that's we now know that's what the Intercontinental Champion does, right? We also by, now by know that it is an open challenge because it was addressed this week. The words "open challenge" were addressed this week. Yeah, that kind of shot me in a dick on that one, didn't it? When I kept arguing last week. He never said that. Quit saying it. Yeah, and then they come out in the first two minutes of the show. The Roman Open Challenge. 
Rick's like, yeah. oh, fuck my life. Um, my favorite segment of the show, and I think I, I have a theory here, right? I think Samoa Joe texted Kurt Angle. We cut to Kurt Angle backstage on his phone. And of course, he's going to be interrupted by Jason Jordan because that's what happens every week. I think Joe's the one that was texting Kurt Angle because he knew Jason Jordan would come in and interrupt him. And then Joe could whip his ass backstage. Come on. It's the same fucking formula every week, all the way down to the camera shots that they use. What's everyone back there? So I, I, I'm actually, I, I want to go deeper into this. When they're setting these up with these agents, they just assume, you know, Vince probably goes out to a bar afterwards or a restaurant or anytime he goes out, he probably just sees all these young kids on their phones. Right? Obviously. Yeah. That's got to so be he, the only explanation so, here. So he figures every setup must be somebody on the phone. Everyone's on their phone. Gosh. And. I'm cool with that. Another thing. All right. You've got me on Roman going this time is taking these guys the distance. And you've, you got me on this on weeks, weeks, weeks ago about a cameraman just fucking sitting there. Why are we filming Kurt Angle texting somebody on his phone? In a Why? world, in a world of reality television, in a world where your company has their own two reality television shows, you do not know how to set up a better fucking scene than a plain camera. Watching the gentleman, I mean, are we supposed to believe that there's just a guy constantly just following Kurt around? That just baffled me. The other thing that got me a little bit was, and to me it was the line of the night, was Joe looking at Kurt Angle after he whips Jason Jordan's ass, and he says, like father, like son, huh, Kurt? No, hey, come on, you pop? Oh, I totally popped. But you know I what else popped. I did? The other thing that I did was I immediately went to YouTube and I typed in Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. And guess what? I wasn't watching a WWE match. That's you. That's probably a handful of people. Well, I, I don't even really. If you I didn't know, know the story of Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, wouldn't you at least be interested by that comment to see what kind of history is between those two? I think you're giving too much credit to the audience. And, you know, I want to throw it out there. If you're listening to us, did you think about that? I thought about it. Jargo thought about it. I immediately popped. Jargo popped. We want to hear your response here. Let us know what you thought about this. Yeah, I'm curious if the casual fan, if it's just a comment in passing that they don't even catch. Like, if you don't know that history, that that you do even catch it. That probably made me pop more during this show than anything else we've seen. That was the but line of the night see. for me. Line yes. of the night. Uh, let's see. What else do we got when it comes to this conglomeration of Jordan and Roman and Cho and Kurt? And of course, we have the Shield Bros versus the Bar for the tag team titles. I know I absolutely expected the tag team titles to be coming back to the shield. I know that you have advocated for the tag team titles to be going back to the shield and the bar retained the titles because of Roman Reigns. That's how I took it. Is that how you took it? I, I think on the surface, it seems that way. They, they want to throw. I think they're playing people this way, you know, because they're doing their, sep their separate entrances. 
Uh, they don't really seem like a complete unit right now. They're, they're trying to show that there might be a divide between those guys, that they really didn't come back together. They really don't understand each other. I think this is just a swerve on their half. Do you think that they are going to blame Samoa Joe for this, or are we actually going to get tension inside of the shield where Ambrose goes, dude, if it wasn't for you, Joe wouldn't have even been out there. Well, I mean, why Ambrose? Because he's the loose cannon of the bunch. I just, it seems more in Ambrose's character than Rollins. Uh, I would think the, the story there would be the guy who turned and has doubt. Did Roman ever really trust him? Ooh, that is good because we never did get that moment between Roman and Seth. We did between right. Dean and Seth, but we never did with Roman and Seth. And he's pointing point. over. He's pointing over Dean. You know, we buried a hatchet. We've been we've been on the road together. We've been doing the ride along. You're still point. about you, man. Why why is this happening? Seth has never been accepted fully back. You know, we never had that real verbal. We never even had that real embrace. Except, I mean, what's next? You know, that is you, a good you point. Can, Unfortunately, you, you can have serious. You can. Hey, you've been around. You've been in. You've been hanging out at bars. You've been in entertainment and all that. Hey, sometimes beef, and you do what's best for business, man. You give knocks, but you won't embrace or trust somebody. Unfortunately, I'm afraid that this is just going to lead to a six-man tag match of Joe and the bar versus the shield, and there's not going to be any sort of creative behind it. Uh, here's here's what I'm guessing. It's It'll probably come up that Joe and the bar will try to bring it up that it's Roman's fault. Uh, they'll no-sell it, say they're stronger than ever, crowd pops, uh, then you get a six-man out of this damn thing. You're probably correct. And, and, well, here's where you, and here's where you, you really miss someone like The Miz. Because The Miz could come out there and make everyone in that damn arena believe that they are, there is dissension. I was going to say, it's like the, the bar is just getting passed around like insert sexual expletive comment here you know first you know they go from the miz and now they're going over to joe and you need cronies hire the bar you know maybe the rule with the bar is turn the page Uh, speaking of pages and the bar and cronies and let's talk about the harem uh so we had a pretty good match between page and sasha from what i'm told i did not watch it. I will not watch Paige. The hell with her. My fast forward button loves it when she's on in a 15 minute match. Mm, um, some some missed spots, uh, a little sloppy work. But they gave them like 15 minutes and it was all just a means to an end to get to the beatdown so that we can do a six woman tag. That's pretty yeah. much what I took out of it. Uh, pretty much. Uh, let me, you know, like say, you know, the match, it, it had, it had its spots. Uh, it, it could hold you. The match probably could have went seven minutes and been very fine and been exactly the same creative, uh, overextending again. They tried some spots they shouldn't be doing and it almost really hurt Sasha. I mean, she took a page miscued on a, uh, flip over power bomb. I'm not going to pretend I'm a pro. I don't know all the freaking names of it, but I just Let's have say- no desire to watch page. None. Zero. All right. All right. Jericho, we got to talk wrestling. Come on, you know. Oh, I understand that. 
but I'm not, I'm not going to just go out of my way to watch something that I know that I'm going to absolutely hate because I have no desire to see her on my television. None. Okay. So we'll get, we'll just get down to the, the brass here. Well, I mean, the brass of it is they did a 20 minute match to fill TV time. They could have done a five minute match with exactly the same creative behind it, done exactly the same finish. I mean, this was all just to set up a six woman tag. I hate the distraction finish because it's so goddamn overdone. It's it's well, it's lazy booking. Uh, it's it's like you said, it's overdone. These things are aren't effective. You're expecting that out of that, especially because now we have two factions that are exactly the same. And for the last three weeks, we've seen distractions. How cool would it have been if Paige came out by herself and then called Sasha out? And that would have been hey, great. Well, what if she was so cocky and you get paid? You know, put all your feelings of Paige aside. She comes out. This is about me reclaiming my yard. I am what I am. I told my girls to, to rest for a little bit. Call Sasha out. And then Paige stops and says, well, bring those other two. Bring those other two bitches out. Then Paige out wrestles her for a little bit. Let her show, hey, I still got it. I can still get around you and then have the other two jump over and just get a DQ out of the damn thing. I would just like to see some sort of direction here with where they're going with the absolution thing, where they're going with the riot squad thing, because at this point it seriously feels like they're just throwing shit together just to get six women on the show to get nine women on the show. I mean, we'll talk about it with SmackDown. They're doing a freaking lumberjack match just as an excuse to get all the fucking women on the show. It's just so goddamn lazy to me that the women's division is just turning me off completely. Brother, brother, it's another case of... I I feel they hit the right direction, but there's that plug again. They're just not hitting the mark. Asuka versus Fox... Uh, somebody said that this was a 10 minute match and it was like, no, it clocked it. It was a nope. two minute match. Nope. They, it just replied, felt like a 10 they re- minute they match. They replied back. I think it was Colin, which has been a great contributor over uh, jump on Facebook for the, uh, Hameen media discussion group. He's in there all the time. Give us some great intake. No, we got great conversation. He said it felt like a 10 minute match and he is and not wrong. There. No, he is absolutely right. It totally felt like a 10 minute match. It was two minutes. And I still felt like inside of you know, two minutes, they gave uh, Fox too minute, much offense. It was offense. like a minute and 52 seconds too long. Yep, they still gave Fox too much offense, even inside of two minutes. Well, let me ask you, what do you think is the thought process there? You know, like she's an old Divas champ. I think this I was nothing more than an opportunity for Fox to get in the ring with somebody who is elite and show the brass that she wants to keep her job nope here's what it is and it goes right down to the promo what we have with dana she had that well they set it up actually in a uh qualifier match so then she does her stupid little promo oh i know how to i know how to figure you out well she goes out and gets beat now i really know how to figure out well now she's done in eight seconds you know what match is going to be on raw next week no, I have no idea. Well, think about it, dude. Uh, Fox goes less than just under two minutes. She's going to come out. Now I really got gotcha. you. 
Uh, Why is she? She's going to get beat just in a tap out next week. See, and I'm getting to this point now where I'm not agreeing with it, brother, but you know where they're going. I'm getting to this point now where every day that Asuka does not hold that title feels like a day that they left money on the table. I feel like we should be building Asuka already for Rousey versus Asuka, just under the assumption that you're going to get it. And then even if it doesn't happen, at least you're still left with one fucking star. Well, you still have an out. All depending on where Rousey goes. I, I still I still believe the person to beat Rousey, because going big turn money forward is Charlotte. Oh, I agree. I agree. But if you're okay. gonna bring Rousey on to Raw, because you're not gonna bring Rousey on to SmackDown. Very good point, sir. Very good point. And uh, then the other can, the other aspect of it is you, you have been seeing Asuka using the arm bar a lot. How does Rousey win all of her freaking fights with an arm bar? Hey, hey, man. I'm not gonna argue with you because I even told you on our show I would really consider doing Asuka first. If you got a if you got a three fight deal with Rousey, put Asuka first. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go. And like I said, even if then the Rousey thing doesn't happen, at least you still have one star in Asuka. Because what you're doing with her right now, I, it just feels like throwaway segments. All right, I, I know this is completely off what we got running here. You got a three-fight deal with Rousey. How would you book this? You got three of them. Go. Asuka, Charlotte, Stephanie and Hunter, and then Rock and Rousey. Those are my three. Didn't you, hold on? You said Oscar, Charlotte, and Stephanie. Oh, okay. Then, then you, them and Hunter. Uh, you know what I do there? I do Oscar. I do horsewomen, and then I give Charlotte the big send off. See, my, my issue with the horsewomen thing at this point isn't Rousey and it isn't Baszler. It's the status of the other two that I literally know nothing about. Well, I'm saying if you have them there. Right. Yeah. Assuming that you can do the horsewomen versus horsewomen, you do that at WrestleMania. That's probably match no, I, number no, one. I, 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 don't even, I don't know if that is. A, well, even in the end, I'll be all. If you get even three out of her, your objective should be to put over the... And I'm not just saying this. It, I, I really, I will refer to her as Charlotte Flair from in this conversation from here on out. You have to put over your best woman wrestler and probably is a complete package in the last fucking well, two let, decades. Let me ask you this: If which match is going to draw more money, horsewomen versus horsewomen, or that's your money maker. That dude, that could main event WrestleMania, or unless they actually picked up our podcast and you have that as a second match, and you have Lashley Lesnar with Conor McGregor as a guest referee. Which which match draws more money? All right, the Horsewomen versus Horsewomen, or Rousey mm-hmm. and Rock versus Hunter and Stephanie. Well, you got me, you son of a bitch. You got me again. Just saying. You don't, got me again. Don't hey, be surprised. Yep, yep, don't be surprised. Always yell, you always say I'm a marketing guy. I don't care what your skill is. I don't care what your talent is. 
Can I put seats in asses and how much alcohol can I sell? And you put the rock in there and you're going to sell more tickets than you will for horsewomen versus horsewomen. Sorry, that's a fact. You, you, I, I have to bow down to you here, sir. You, you beat me again. I would back that one 100%, especially as a marketing guy. I would sell that all fucking day and I would slap anyone that told me otherwise. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the cruiserweight division. We never talk about 205 live on this show because I don't watch it and you don't watch it, but they're doing something here that I just do not understand whatsoever. Uh, number one, Drew Gulak advances. I think that's the right call. He's going to be in the fatal four way with Rich Swan. Um, and then whoever the other two contenders are going to be, but we have this Naya and Enzo thing. And no, I, no, 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 no. It's just Swan versus Gulak now. Oh, I thought that I thought it was all building to a no. fatal four way. Uh, no, it was uh, four ways to a singles match to who gets a champ. Oh, see, I thought it was a four way, a four way, a four way, a four way, and then a four way. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, that'd be way too cool for WWE. I should have known better. But the thing that really intrigues me oh, here. Oh, wait a minute, I might be wrong. The thing that intrigues me here now is. You got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that, regardless, is the Naya and Enzo thing. And I don't even care about it from the love angle aspect, Naya going to 205 Live. That completely all irrelevant to me. I don't care. But the thing that did strike me very much so was when they brought Naya Jackson and she's looking Enzo nose to nose. Holy shit, how small is Naya Jax? They present her as a fucking monster and she is the size of Enzo. I, d I did not like that whatsoever. They should have put her on a box or something to make her still look like a giant. Pull the old, like, Andre the Giant kind of deal where he was, like, towering over Vince. Right. Because Vince was too tall. Where Enzo's looking up at her. How you doing? All right. Well, they were looking at each other. Well, maybe. Hold on. They are, like, guess, eye level, man. Hold on. I'm looking at the picture. Yes, they are. It's crazy. Uh, they're looking eye level. Naya is six foot. Yeah, I think Enzo's right about six foot too. It's just that Sasha and Alexa and all them are so small that she looks like a monster. But when uh, you actually, put her, Naya is six foot and Enzo's five eleven. And I think maybe that what what really didn't have like help in this picture. He's wearing his uh, Zo hat. Yeah, he's got like. He's G'd up. That hat gives him an extra like four inches. Yeah, they they should have changed the I'm camera at angle. It right now, man. Should have changed the camera angle, you know, like where you're shooting it from like underneath next to Enzo so Naya looks bigger. Or an old trick that we see a lot in the uh, local news industry. If you got some, because you want your two people to be about the same height and somebody's way taller or way shorter, you put them on a box. I, there was just, I did not like the way that was shot. I thought it completely exposed how small Naya is and in turn exposes how small all these other women are. Holy crap. Like Naya is presented as this monster and she's Enzo size. What's really interesting here. Let's go to uh, Kia Stevens. Awesome Kong, correct? Right. And that's, that's a great comparison between Jack's at least and, in and how they right. should be presented. Okay, so let's look at this. Um, awesome Kong is only 5'11", 272. Wow. In all aspects, she's smaller than Naya. Wow. 
I just don't now think. It, now, now, let me ask you something here, brother. Let me ask everyone out there. If you're in a, if you just you stumble out of a, you you stumble out of Crosley's Bar and Grill in good old Cincinnati, Ohio, on a uh, random December 6, twenty seventeen, you don't know where it's going, and you go down a back alley, and you go down one, and you see a Nia Jax, and you and you hightail, and you go down another, and you see Awesome Kong. What alley are you going back down? I'm running right back towards Nia Jax. Let me tell you that <laughs> truth. Yeah. Think about how they present it. Yep. Yep. And that was one thing I did always notice that I always gave the TNA product for when Kong was back in TNA. They would always shoot her like fairly up close from underneath. And it just made her look huge. It's all about camera tricks, guys. And WWE well, just doesn't seem to know them. Do you think they really didn't care that much about this? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, That's let's, the problem. Let's, let's, let's reference our boys in the locker room here. The locker room, the Hacker Hameen Media Group. Your your best intake from the inside of the business is probably when you see the shows with Ben or hear the shows with Ben. It's all a rib and on both of them. And he's got this rib on both of them. I mean, yep. what do you buy into that, man? Oh, I think he's probably 100% absolutely right. And I bet you Vince is sitting back there laughing his fucking ass off. You know, I've always said that love is a mathematical equation. Love is equal to or greater than the amount of shit you will take from the other person. I wonder how much Enzo loves his job because that dude is taking a lot of shit. Hey, maybe he just knows it, man. He's like, yo, fuck this. I got got one shot, man. Well, yeah, what what the fuck else is Enzo going to do? And you know what? He's probably still going to love in his party style. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's going to take a bunch of shit at work. Hey, you know, and maybe eventually he's sitting there thinking like, hey, man, Vince will start just loving me. You know who else is loving this segment? Liv Morgan. I bet you she is just laughing her ass off. All right. So as, so as a fun thing here, like you're talking about how you film these things. Uh, you remember her manager, Rashid Sahad? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So how they film this, you know, Kong is not that much bigger. Uh, Rashid is 5'8", 142. Huh. That's not a huge difference. I mean, it definitely weight, but height-wise, but how you shoot then. Yep. It's all in the presentation and the camera tricks. Yeah, that was, I just thought that was very, very awkward. Uh, also on this show, of course, we had Elias going back and punking out Kurt Angle while playing his guitar. This pisses off Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle puts Elias into a match with... Braun Strowman, of course we know at this point. Hey, let, let me ask you, on that setup, were you believing anyone but Strowman when the way they set that up? Nope. Everyone knew that, right? Yep. Yep. Why not just say it so you everyone definitely knows when you come back from break? I, I don't know. I, I'm so tired of the WWE insulting your intelligence, you know? <laughs> it just drives me crazy. This was obviously leading to the whole Kane Strowman thing. I, I am surprised that we didn't get the mindless murder of Finn Balor by either Kane or hey, Strowman this they week. Spared, they spared him this week, but do you think this, you know, kind of going back, I know we just mentioned him just previous about it. Hey, this is a reason that we align ourselves with him. We, we love Ben States. We believe in him. He, he's moving us forward. We got great content on all the Hacker Hami media platforms. You know, he brought up a new 
Elias was getting like played last week. Yep. Uh, do you think this might be a tactic to try to cool him down? Yep. That's very much what I think. Elias is hot, man. I, I There's something about that guy's character that people just enjoy listening to him basically destroy their city. It's a very odd case of psychology, but it's how it is. And it and, helps and that he, he looks like the macho man. What's I don't care what's great about, you know, what's really great about that is he was kind of shit on by that crowd that embraces, you know, their belief, the smart crowd, I guess, the NXT crowd. Yeah, but the other thing with the NXT crowd is when Elias was there, he was there and then he got hurt very, very early into his NXT run. And okay. so you would just get like these backstage vignettes with him. And if Elias isn't getting his ass whipped at a certain point, it just loses the effect. So he didn't really, he didn't really get his point across there. Right. He was very much more like Alexa bliss where, yeah, he was in NXT, but he was never really featured in NXT because of an injury. So now he got to shine yep. and he's, and, and he's, he's taking blown opportunity up. and running with it. Blown up. And what kind of, Got me here, and, and I think you know in the in the live chats and all that, he didn't look that bad against Braun. No, like when they when they stand nose to nose, you could believe this guy has a little bit of a shot. A little bit of a shot. A little bit. Yeah, if he's a fighter, you know, I the one that this thing that popped me the most in this match was when Elias crawls back into the ring. And he goes in one side and he's planning on going out the other side. And Braun runs all the way around the ring and cuts him off with a clothesline. That was the spot that popped me the most in this whole entire that, thing. And it was I, just I because the timing was perfect. I remember. And I think I think there's a lot of money going forward with these two. These guys could be some big money. I could see a, a big future in Elias. I especially if they would use him kind of in that intercontinental championship role. Like I don't see the guy as a main eventer, but I definitely see him as the top of your mid card. Dude, I'm going to go as far to say, you know, maybe not next year, two years from now, I could see him and Braun main eventing at WrestleMania. Really? Hey, that guy, let, let Elias be that heel. Who's going to chop down your big monster. I think there is a trend going back to these big guys that just go in there and tell stories with character that beat each other up. That's interesting. That's I, interesting. I'm a big fan of that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess my problem with Elias at this point is I'm just, I'm struggling to see how that character evolves. Like um, at a certain point he has to, have more to a shtick struggling or interested i'm interested to see how it involves okay so but you're I, struggling I, to be interested yes i'm struggling to be interested one other thing that I'm, I'm kind of struggling to be interested in and this is probably the biggest talking point off monday night raw because some yeah. people are loving this yeah. some people love it some people hate it, and then there's people like me that are right fucking Delightful. in the middle. Delightful. What do you think of this? Are, are are you happy with it? Are you still turned off by it? 
are you apprehensive at this point? Where where do you stand at this? <laughs> yeah, yes, Lois commented not in a booking. Yeah. <laughs> the booking of lowest denominators. Yeah. Yes. yes. When I go to the, the stratosphere and I, and I just reach into the, the sewers of the cosmos. Dude, they, I, missed, they missed the shit on this. But this is kind of where I'm at with it. Because I've watched it a couple of times now. And I have no problem with the content. I just hated the presentation. Uh, I, The more I think about it, I think I have a problem with all of it, but... You know, the content was cool. You know, we got people back there. But in all seriousness, this is your this is the greatest form of lowest combinator booking and the perfect example of trying to cram interesting, intensified, investing booking into fucking six minutes. Did you ever see the movie Clerks? What am I, not a fucking American? Well, yeah. You would be surprised, man. Clerks you 1? Would... Clerks 2? What do you, which one do you want? Well, both. I'm still waiting for Clerks 3. Okay, well, here's here's why I bring up Clerks. Cler- the original Clerks is all done in black and white, if you've never seen it. And the entire movie was made for like $30,000. Right? And it became... Sli- slightly less in this podcast. Be- <laughs> became a cult movie classic. Has made way more money in launched an entire snoochie-boochie franchise. Actually, uh, when, when we meet up in Chicago for our live show, uh, you're going to have the wifey take us an ops, awesome picture of me and you against the wall for a clerk's... Uh, Jay and Bob style? Yes. And I, I guess we all know who's going to be who. <laughs> Snooch to the motherfucking nooch. Hold on, going back. Uh, doesn't your wife believe I sound like... <laughs> Yeah, like Kevin Smith. Yeah. 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 But here's the problem, right? When they made Clerks 2, Clerks 2 is my least favorite of the entire Jersey Shore saga. That's just my personal taste, right? Okay. The problem with Clerks 2 is they tried to remake... Porch Monkey. They tried to remake Clerks. Taking it back. But you can't remake a 30 thousand dollar movie on an 80 million dollar budget it doesn't work that way if you're gonna make a b-rate shitty movie then make a b-rate shitty movie as soon as you put the wwe production why was broken matt hardy standing on a shimmering blue curtain it would have been so much better if it would have been shot at castle hardy on a fucking shitty ass iphone that's the problem with it they and I can't believe people are buying into this. Oh, he's back. It's here. I mean, Awoken, I didn't Awoken mind the content. The I hated the presentation. That's what offset that. You know, he's just got his pearly whites and he's got his look. No, it's not him. Yeah, it's just, it really bugs me, man. It really bugs me. All right, so now here's how I envision this thing should have went down. I, I, I said I was never really a fan of either one being in the ring. I'm going to throw that out. I let's, let's even go back to the beginning of this. Why the fuck did they need to introduce us with shitty commentary from Corey Graves and Booker T? Oh, he must be crazy. We don't know what's going on. No, yeah. just do and it. It was the same thing coming out of it when, when I think it was it, 
it was either Mitchell Cole or Graves said, yeah. uh, you want to translate that for us, book? Yeah, they made a joke out of the damn thing. It should have started. You come back from break, and here – sorry to cut you off there, man. Nope, I'm, I'm, always, I'm with you. I'm just nodding and, my and head. Saying, I didn't want Bray to be in ring, but this would have been a good example of that. Have Bray come out and start cutting his promo, and not even address Hardy. Just start talking about how men have been broken over time. Now, go back to, like, Alexander the Great. People that uh, – Genghis Khan. People that have been broken, how they've been beaten down. Have him talking in his rambles and then a fucking single spotlight and you bring in Vanguard one and start hovering above him. And then the screen starts going crazy. And then as Bray is talking, then you want to do your cuts from the compound where it has that imagery, that kind of like video recording, that kind of cut. You're telling me that's not going to be more effective. Well, and this, this became my problem with it is the cuts going back and forth between Hardy and Wyatt completely took me out of it because they it's the same thing. Right. And it's the same thing. Like we always say, why do they hit somebody's entrance music when they come out and interfere in the match? Yes. You know, it's like they obviously got together with a satellite person and an editor and they said, can you do this for us and splice the whole, it doesn't make any sense. See, that's what, that's why we like Bray coming out. Just it, don't announce. Hey, up next. It's the Hardy thing. Yeah, no. It should just, you know, just be... Just have Bray come out and start cutting a promo about how he has destroyed souls, done whatever, and last week he's saying dead. He, him sitting there saying, I just... I get I get energy from eating soul. Whatever Bray can do. I, I'm not going right. to... Just get out there and talk in fucking circles. Then you have that kind of spotlight falling through the arena, Vanguard 1. And then on the Jumbotron or the Titantron, you have that, you know, that static, and then you just have broken, awoken, whatever. You just have Hardy interrupting. I know, man, they missed the boat. You know, here's what they they cartooned it up. The other thing that I'm curious to see that I'm holding my breath on in this thing is none of this matters if they don't change the booking. If you, because WWE has never booked Matt as a strong singles star. If they don't change his booking, all of this is for nothing. What has been, when you were asking me for the last two weeks why I can't buy into it and why I'm still not buying into it, because I know they have their hands on this. You know they're going to fuck this up. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, let's toss it to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk the blue brand and the Shane O'Mac two-hour power hour, otherwise known as the land of confusion, because SmackDown has got me completely lost. Hey, I know they can't see this, but you're going to see this. SmackDown's got me here. I've got to fuck this fucking cigarette. So enjoy the tune. We'll be back.
So that was Genesis with The Land of Confusion, otherwise known as SmackDown Live. Rick, the show has me so confused. Hey, brother, it's very fitting that we hit a song playing, because you would not believe this. Genesis is playing in the bar behind me here. How ironic. Yes. That was uh, not planned, ladies and gentlemen. That was It not is planned. amazing how the world comes about and everything turns around. So the Shane O'Mac two-hour power hour, otherwise known as SmackDown Live. Uh, let's talk about the second longest segment in opening history. My God, man. So Owens and Sammy come out and start off the show, and we get a 13-minute lecture about what is considered ringside. My God. What the hell was going on here, dude? Uh, from the get-go, this was just bad. Here's my problem. Okay, number one, this entire show is failed in logic from the very beginning. Why are Sammy and Owens being punished? Well, my thing is, why do you even give them opening time? What? Why? Why is why, this storyline going on? From the get-go, if you're really, if there's a, so much of a problem with them, why are they given opening time? Uh, and that. Why, why is there a need to explain this? It was a freaking no DQ match. Well, I mean, this going all the way back to Survivor Series, the entire narrative here is Owens and Zayn cost Team Blue the SmackDown match or the the main event Raw versus SmackDown match. Right. Well, it cost it was a deciding match, but, uh, which really didn't make sense. Anyway, and you know what? Let's not. Let's not do what they did and ponder too much on this. Well, I'm just saying that this entire program is just failed in logic from its very, very conception. So I don't understand how the program could possibly be good. And it's just not. I mean, at, at a certain point here, they're turning Shane heel and turning Owens and Zane babyface. That's That's pretty much where I'm at right now. No, you you have to go back to heels can rationalize anything. Uh, even even in any form of life, you can rationalize even if you're doing something totally wrong. You rationalize it where I what I am doing is right. You're against me. Everyone hates me. You're against me. The problem what I get with this here is when you bring in Daniel Bryan, who seems to be a voice of reason, who has been someone from the get go that has been about going back to his hate for the Miz when Miz was just trying to irk him left and right, trying to drag him out, you know, say, Hey, you can't attack me. He's going at him. And Daniel was always there. Like, you know what? You're right. I have to keep, I have to keep my head about myself. I am not clear to do anything with you. I have to do my job as a general manager. I have to stand back. And now that is freaking out the window. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so confused by what's going on here. The one thing about this program that I am enjoying is Orton is turning it up. This is the best Orton has looked to me in freaking years. That RKO on Ort are on Owens was fucking beautiful. The, I, I believe this goes into when you give Randy an opportunity to care. Hey, you've seen this firsthand. You preached it. You convinced me of it. And I started following it. And people... I'm not going to say people, not even the majority. The internet fans are, oh, we're tired of Randy. We're tired of this and that. The bottom line is he is over. People want Randy. You've seen him in this match, man. When he makes a move, when he starts getting momentum, 
damn, people pop. And it's nice to see a motivated Randy Orton. My biggest complaint about Randy Orton for years has been Triple H wanted to throw off the term B plus player. That's pretty much been Orton for the last, you know, five years of his career. He goes out and if you need a two-star match, he's going to give you a three-star match. If you need a four-star match, he's going to give you a three-star match. It's just, he's been very, very robotic. It's like, he's just not been into it. And there is a fire inside of Randy Orton right now that you can tell he is like, he has heard it and he's sick and tired of hearing it. And you're going to see the Viper Randy Orton. I think that's the coolest thing to watch here for fans, for us, for anybody the most intriguing thing here is to see that fire within Randy. We are getting one of the absolute best performers in all professional wrestling, all sports entertainment. Randy Orton is that individual. He has a fire under his ass right now. And the sad thing is, it's kind of being downplayed by this McMahon movement and everything that's going on with KO and Sammy. Yeah, because very much so at this point, it very much looks like Shane is using Randy as a puppet, regardless of how motivated he is. Ooh, I, I like what you just said there. What, that he's being so, used as a puppet? How long till Randy just gets tired of everything? Well, that's the thing I'm probably the most excited about on SmackDown right now is they're putting Orton and Nakamura together, which we've seen a couple of times. Now there's still absolutely no logic to why they are together. And that was pretty, that was pretty obvious when they laid this out. Cause absolutely. But what I'm know, looking we, forward to is you and I both know you can't trust a snake and Orton is going to turn on Nakamura. And if you have a motivated Randy Orton against a motivated Shinsuke Nakamura, I am excited to see that program, especially if Orton is playing his old legend killer self. Well, your problem here, wouldn't your intention be in that program to elevate Nakamura? Absolutely. The way it's playing out right now, I think it just further elevates Randy. I could see it going either way, honestly. I could see this program just completely destroying Nakamura or I could see if you have a motivated Randy Orton because Orton has said that he wants to start putting over younger talent. He wants to make that next generation of stars Orton and Nakamura. I could absolutely get behind that as a number one contenders program heading into WrestleMania season to see who's going to face AJ Styles. Hmm. Do you think maybe in their minds they're just making that the WrestleMania program, Randy and Knock? That very well could be too, but then I just don't know what – then what do you do with Styles? I still think there's a lot to be to be said and determined with this with this recent – this upcoming tour. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens this weekend. Very interested. Uh, it – you know, and a lot of people are not going to like this. They're not going to agree with this. They don't want to hear it. But you've been there. You've seen it. Uh, and there is no denying the reactions for Randy Orton. He is still over like crazy. I, I think he he's right there in that John Cena movie where anything he's going to do, he's going to be over. Does it help? He's still going to steal the show. I, I think people still want to see him in that spotlight. Does it help that the RKO is probably the most protected finishing move in the history of WWE? How many people kick out of it? Not too goddamn many. It only takes one. 
I mean, he might is, get, he is, might give you a half a dozen of them, but it only takes one. Isn't that their tagline? You never see it coming, and you don't know the one's going to finish you. Man, that RKO looked good on Owens. Man, he he really had a hold of him. Man, it looked good. Uh, probably my favorite segment on the show. I'm very very angry with the new day right now because I want to know what happens on days three through twelve on the twelve days of Rusev. Hey, when I saw this was probably on SmackDown. This was my pop moment. I it's popped like you, crazy. I know. I know you were probably asleep. You're getting ready for those long hard third shifts, but you being my brother, my brother in arms, my tag team partner. Right when I saw that. It meant the most me of this show when they came out, just even in the promo. And immediately I go to the chat and I, and I tag you in it. I said, how much will my brother love this? If they can get in, get into that tag team title match at Clash. I'm very confused, though. So now we have a fatal four-way because Rusev Day has defeated the New Day. So we now have a fatal four-way for the tag titles. And I feel like the two most over tag teams on SmackDown aren't even in the match, being the Fashion Police and where we should be seeing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Well, if, if you head on over to uh, Twitter and you find the Hameen Media Group at the Hameen Media Group on Twitter, you know, one of our th first things we sent out was Rusev in English. They're inserted in this match immediately. They're the most over team in this contest. Oh, hands down. This Rusev Day thing is freaking over. Did you hear the Rusev Day chant? That was awesome. And Rusev yep. looked so happy when he held up his Rusev Day t-shirt. Mine's ordered, by the way. Uh, bro, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was going to tell you not to order one because you just ruined my Christmas gift to you. Oh, man, you should have known that the second I saw that, it was I, I did. I did want to tell you not to order one. But I got online immediately, and I ordered two of them. I got one for you and one for me. Oh, happy Rusev Day. Hey, because right after this match, they said go on to www.shop.com. If you order a T-shirt, you get you get one. You get the next one for a dollar. I ordered you one, sir. Oh, you are a magnificent bastard. Magnificent Hey, bastard. hey you're my brother. Hey, we work for so many different groups. We work for some great groups at realedition.com, the Hameen Media Network. But, you know, when it comes down to it, we're all about hitting the marks, brother. Me and you start this together. We came from the ground up. We're the guys trying to get ourselves over. I always take care of my brother. You know, I got I got to put over our listeners, too, because I actually went and looked at the numbers for November, and I was absolutely floored when I saw that we had about 6,000 hits during the month of November. All right. You know, and I was excited when he sent them to me. He said, hey, if, even if you care, because I'm not really. Well, you, I know you're not a numbers guy. Yeah. I said, give me results. But, yeah, but those, yeah, but those let you see where really what it is. So let's start off. You've already ordered one, right? Oh, I've got one ordered. Okay, then. I'll throw it out here. Anyone listening that responds to this on the Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, first person to bring this up. I'll send you the extra Rusev Day t-shirt. You can celebrate Rusev Day with Rick and I just by hitting us on Facebook backslash hitting the marks. No, just go in there under this episode and say, I want that Rusev Day tee, and it's yours. Also on this show, we got a little bit out of Mojo. 
Uh, typically, I would not talk about Mojo, but I'm curious. I have a. Hey, I have a. Hold on, hold, hold on. Before you even get into that, man, what do you think about this promo? I, it was all right. It was all right. Um, I'm interested to see if they actually keep giving him TV time. That's that's my big thing with this entire program. Here's here's kind of weird what I got from him out of that. The way he was talking, the way he was dressed, the way he's presented, he reminded me of Moose. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could absolutely so, see that. We already know they're creating a, a war machine. That would not surprise me in the slightest. That's a good pickup. That's a good pickup. I'm curious, though. Who do you think had a better heel turn? Was it Mojo Rowley? Or was it his tag team partner, Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots? Did you see that hit that he put on that guy the other day, forearm straight to the back of the head? You know, before before we were sitting down to record this, I did not see that until you actually showed it to me. Uh, I have to admit, you know, I think I've said a couple times here, I, I've kind of given up on the NFL uh, and I will admit, you know, I started in week two. I gave up over the uh, protest stuff. Right or wrong, I made my stance. I stood by my president, Mr. Donald Trump. Uh, but, you know, after a couple of weeks, I just kind of I, I forgot about football. It yeah, wasn't I haven't watched today. a lot of football this year either, but and, I am a total I mark for Tom Brady. I'm a total so, mark for Tom Brady. So when that went down, you see that, man, and it was a dirty, dirty hit. So I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to say Mojo did it better because he did it first. I would like to see Mojo start using that forearm to the back of the head, call it the Gronk, and use it as a finisher. Oh, man. Dude, you got me popping right now. Uh, Maybe like he turns them around, does a pop-up, and then when they fall down, as they're falling, he comes with the forearm to the back of the head. Cassius Ono style. Yes. And, hey, we both picked up on he made mention of Gronk in his promo, but he really didn't put it as Gronk as a heel. Now, he was like, everyone's asking me why. Even my friend Gronk said this. Yep, and I think bringing up Gronk was a genius way to garner some true heel heat for Mojo. And then they didn't really do anything with it. Maybe next week, maybe he brings up Gronk and I are tired. You know, We're just winners. We're tired of people saying we should be this way. If you get in our way, if you stop our momentum, you get the grunk. I'm I'm very curious to see um, when Mojo wrestles, how his in-ring style is different. If he's slowed down, if he's not hyped. You, you know, I expect this match to be added to uh, the clash. <coughs> uh, I would hold off on this. I would actually, I would send Mojo to the rest of the Patriot games and get footage of him cheering moments that the rest of the country, because let's, let's face it, you know, they're like your Yankees. They're like our Duke Blue Devils. People love to hate them. Absolutely. So have footage of Mojo supporting questionable. I'd, I'd be having they, him they coming can, out in Gronkowski jerseys. And, yeah. Hell yes. And come up with the forearm where it's in the back of the head. Yep. Make that his finisher. The Gronk. Book it. That'd be awesome. 
Oh, oh man. You, you know, it'd be kind of like cool. Like when he does that, even if it's a pop-up or any, how just him hitting that horn in the back of the head, just have him just be in a, uh, a very villainous way, smart ass way. Stay hyped. And he hits him. Stay grunk. And they're fucking knocked out. Oh, I'd pop for that. Uh-oh. I have a very upset little girl in the other room. I can hear her from here. Oh, 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 oh. Get the princess. Here's a question for you, Rick. In the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. How do we get all the women on Clash of Champions? I know. Let's have a fucking lumberjack match. Hey, what about the difference here? You know, at first they called lumberjills, and they were very quick to correct that. And I immediately picked up on that. And I think it was like one of the only few in a live chat immediately picking that up. I hate lumberjack matches. To be number one, I they're hate lazy and they're never lumberjack matches. They're never entertaining. They're never any good. That's the first goddamn problem. The second problem is you and I both know all this is going to lead to is a giant brawl. There's going to be no finish to this match, and they're going to use it to set up the women's rumble. What did I tell you last night? Uh, we we seen this thing coming from a mile away. Uh, you're you're in. You're going to end up. You have what do we have here? We have eight eight superstars. Giant yes. brawl. Uh, you're going to have people getting tossed over the top anyway, between the ropes and all this. I thought about this a little further. You're, you're going to have the match end like that. Not a fan. On Not 50-50 fan. booking, Stephanie will probably come out on Monday, point this thing out, because Shane got to announce the uh, women's Money in the Bank match, so she has to announce, to announce this. Yep, there you go. So she'll sit there and say, you know, we, we beat you with Survivor Series. You can't even handle your women. We're throwing down a challenge for a women's rumble. It's so color by numbers, man. This is my problem with this. It's this. It, people are going to say, oh, man, it, it's, everyone's involved. They're trying to get something going. No, it's not. It is not anyway. This is the same, the same blueprint they use for their money in the bank match. There's yep. nothing special. There's nothing unique. They are not elevating these women to any be anywhere respectful for the men's division, and it will not be given the same respect. The only other thing to really talk about in the women's division, uh, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain. What do you think of the the three new girls on SmackDown at this point, now that they had another week's worth of time with a microphone in their hand? Because to me, the only one that's really doing anything is is Ruby. The other two, poof, they ain't going to last very long. Suey! Way off down here in Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, I go just a couple miles over. I go, I go to that state of Kentucky. You know, when we do some hunt game, we taste a game. Oh, Danny Brown, you ever been down here? Oh, my. How, how pathetic was that? Just terrible. A great talent. A tremendous talent. And they got her out there running hillbilly in this line. You can tell she's uncomfortable. She doesn't know what she's doing with it. She doesn't buy the character, so we don't buy the Woo! character. Daniel Bryan. And you ever had some? You ever had some scoon skew? Oh yeah. Anything to comment on when it comes to Liv? I mean, she's just kind of there, right? 
she's just trying to fit into being that pretty little blonde, trying to find her place. And I thought it was really awkward after Carmella cut her promo, who knows her character, and then you got to go to a live that has no idea how to carry herself. Well, and, and this is the same complaint that I have about Mandy Rose being on Raw. She looks too much like Alexa, and they have basically the same gimmick. Liv and Carmella. I, I will I will I will give Mandy a little bit of a difference. Mandy is coming off tougher. She's carrying herself better. I mean, she kinda looks like, yeah. Man, she's got a great build, man. She's right. She looks it's just little, they're too muscular. similar to me. No, I, oh, man, I there's enough difference there between those two where I can handle it. Liv and but Carmella Liv are and Carmella, the same person. Well, even when she was like, Oh, they just don't like blondes. And Carmella's still in the screenshot, kind of like twisting, like flipping, like twisting, but flipping her hair. Like what? I also hate this idea that every time somebody wins money in the bank, we have to cool them off. Like what the hell is Carmella doing right now? Uh, I, I am not a fan of money in the bank in any way. Uh, if I have to do anything really, if I'm going to give anyone praise here, I know so many people are giving Ruby her praise on this. She did just a fair job in her promo. It really didn't buy it. It was serviceable. Was it was serviceable. To me, Carmella's spot was the best one when she braced her case and said, mm, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready to give up Frankie yet. My personal favorite part of this entire segment, as much as it pains me to say it, was Daniel Bryan. Because Bryan's. Nope. He killed me when he was sitting in that background yelling no. Oh, to me, the, to me, the, the best or part of it. Or whatever the hell he was yelling. The, that, that killed the whole. For me, the thing that was, I'm sorry, go ahead. The thing that was so good about Brian was when Carmella's bitching about how, you know, she's not even on the card for clash and Brian points out, well, you know, you have the money in the bank. You can give it to me right now and I can put you in that match. See, I thought that was a perfect setup for her. And I thought she did amazing here. And of all the women on SmackDown right now, she's probably the one that I'm the most intrigued with. She's the one showing the best work. Right she's now. the one when, with the best. She's the one with the best character, not named Charlotte. Oh, stop the presses. Stop the presses. I'm going to say something bad about my Sharshar. Uh Oh, I, I am not buying to anything they're doing with her right now, man. At I, least she has feeling, the I'm title. Feeling, I'm, I'm not feeling any of what makes her amazing i'm not feeling this feud with natalia I, I i don't think they're doing anything with anyone in this division that really stands out that makes you take interest it's again a case of lumping everything together yep it's just color by numbers i mean it's not bad it's just we expect better and it goes back to ex like you said expect better give me some substance there don't, don't just roll out the freaking. What's what is like, that term? What? How do we say it? What was that term we always say? Um, Highest. Highest. It wasn't it highest something. Oh, yes. Here it is. It's in my notes. Lowest common denominator book. <laughs> I was talking to Jersey Mike the other night and we talked about this entire women's angle for like three hours. And I said to him, you realize that we have put more thought into this women's angle than WWE possibly has. You know, here, here's another thing with this. You know these numbers. Please share them. I Because I, I know you say them all the time. 
What percentage of the roster is women? 35%. How much of the creative did they account for? Oh, about three. They have Maybe 3.5. 3.5. And, and you know this, and this goes back to we'll do another plug here over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group. You know, on Tuesdays we, we kind of push the envelope. We bring up things maybe people aren't really comfortable talking about, but we present them in a way where you know if you're educated, you're smart, you're articulate, we're going to have a good conversation. We call them Taboo Tuesday. We talk about things. And this past week we're talking about sexuality and wrestling. There's a way to do that. There's a way to present the women, and everyone just kind of associates women with sexuality. There's a way to present that. There's a way to do that with them without just undermining or demeaning what the hell they're there for. But yet, they continue to do this, and they only do it because you have a room full of writers answering to the ultimate judge who has no idea. And I'm not saying this is just Vince. You know, there's that little handful of people in his in his right pocket. My question to you is, and I actually want to throw this out here to everyone. If, if you're going to choose some writers that you really just dictate four writers to just give control of your women. And they say, yeah, Hey man, you got X amount of time on each show each week. Do something. Who would you put in? Sir Amato. Wouldn't that be your first one? That's the first one. Immediately. That's the first one. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, a gentleman who's proven know-how to book women. He He's the one that made the knockouts division at the time, one of the hottest in professional wrestling, which is Dirty Dutch Mantel. And I just saw that Dirty Dutch looks like he's going to be looking for a job here. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you? Hell, it's a shame. Now this is a shameless plug. We've got somebody that's got a great mind for insights and else and, and our good friend Ben Hami. I mean, why wouldn't you give him like a chance? Like, hey man, you're on this women's committee. And the other one that immediately comes to mind is Gabe Sapolsky. Now you know what? We just kind of defeated our purpose. We need three men. That doesn't matter. I don't care if they're men or if they're but, women when it comes to the booking of the show. Hey, I am damn I am damn sure if they hired me and you and said, hey, just think about things you need to do with the women, we would give them way more respect, give them better storylines and a better commitment than anything they got going on. But yeah, the, the one that immediately comes to mind, if you want to put a woman in charge of the women's creative, is Sarah Amato, and she's already on payroll. Hey, well, even going back to that bitch that owes me a bar tab, yeah, I love her. I'm still a fan. Hey, what about Madison Ray? She's worked in creative. Yeah, she has. What about what about Chrissy Hemi? Chrissy Hemi's working creative. Uh, what about Maria? I, I, all right. Well, I'm not going to really get into that one. But hey, man, she's a great mind to have. She seems a little too over the top about herself. Yeah, but at least I mean, she's on payroll. She's home pregnant. She could do creative. Well, yeah, just as a consultant, something like that. I mean, yeah, why, why don't absolutely. you get people there that actually? understand what the hell's going on there and if you want somebody who knows how to blend business and sexuality does anybody hey, do that better than maria canellis hey i i would even say natalia uh natty it sounds like is uh the one training rousey how do you feel about that if you trust her with that why don't you trust her with sitting in maybe she is but maybe they're not listening hey i would i would give natty the whole reins of that women's division 
at this point, you know, you got her right there. She knows all the girls. She's on your uh, diva program. She has every in and out of that division. I I would flip Sarah Amato and Natty. I would put Sarah Amato in charge of the main roster women, and I would give Natty the NXT women, at least uh, in that trainer slash creative capacity. Because I think when you, when you're looking for a female a trainer, I mean, are you going to find anybody better than Natty? Well, why not have a committee of four that handles every brand? That way, you don't lose connection from one to the other. Uh, the, regardless, there has to be a better way to do it than what they're doing because right now it's just paint by numbers. My four-year-old could do this. Uh, How about another another plug here, real quick? I know these aren't the smoothest transitions, but hey, we just throw them out here. That's what we do here. We're just whoring ourselves out. We're trying to we're trying to find a, a place that just loves us. But anyway, it, if we get to a thousand likes in Hami Media Discussion Group. Ben Hamid himself is going to do an Ask Me Anything. Ben has been there. He has worked with so many women that come up through WWE that learned, crafted their skills right there with him at OVW. And he's probably got a lot to say on how you could fix this women's division. So let's take a look at the mid-card of SmackDown. Uh, a little, Another division that absolutely is just kind of in shambles right now. And I say that because Dolph Ziggler is in a title match for their mid-card title. That's not the reason. You know what the reason is. Rude, Corbin, Ziggler, what do you got to say about this entire clusterfuck that is? I I will give them credit for actually trying to explain why Ziggler is in this match. (laughs) I was laughing. I'm not buying it. I was laughing at the reason that Ziggler is in this match. I'm a five-time Intercontinental Champion. I'm a three-time WWE Champion. Yeah, all that shit was fucking years ago, dude. You barely won a match this year. You know, what was kind of cool, though, is when he threw it in Corbin's face like, I cashed in and won. Yeah, I thought that That was was pretty good. I did pop for that. I did pop for that. At um, least they tried explaining and then just instead of just saying, well, he's in the match, which uh, we usually get. The thing that I was absolutely I was popping like crazy when Ziggler was on commentary and he's saying everything right. I think Ziggler absolutely has a future as a as a color guy on commentary. Like if you just want to put Corey on Raw and you need a commentator for SmackDown, look at Dolph Ziggler because he's really, really good at it. I can't believe I just Man, put Ziggler over a, in any capacity. That's an, inter- that's an interesting idea for him. But I think he's got a lot, he's got some more in that tank. Oh yeah, but I mean, you know, he's 37. I mean, you could be looking five years down the road. You know, I think that is absolutely an avenue that he could explore and become a commentator. Um, but as I'm listening to Ziggler and he's talking about, you know, Bobby Roode, focus on winning your match. It's like, motherfucker, when's the last time you won a match? Well, he was always focused. Just didn't win. It was just ridiculous. Like, I'm listening to Dolph Ziggler saying all the right things. Like, finally, somebody is putting over the fact that wins and losses matter. This is everything I've ever wanted. But it's Dolph fucking Ziggler. (laughs) Dude, I I actually am just happy to see him actually in this match because I'm not that big on Corbin. You know that. I think he's going to add some athleticism to this thing. It, they've just gimmicked out this whole pay-per-view. So at this point, I, I don't really know what to think of it. Well, let's take a little bit of a look at the Clash of Champions here. You have Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler. You have Charlotte versus Natty and the Lumber 
women's match. Lumber people. Lumber um, people. Lumber people. Lumber. Am I going anywhere with that? What the fuck? Usos versus New Day versus Rusev Day versus Gable and Benjamin. We need some kind of a name for Gable and Benjamin. I'm taking uh, uh, suggestions on our Facebook page or on Twitter. No, I thought you would have one, man. You're always good with the names. We need a, we need a name for Gable and Benjamin, preferably one that's not racist. Um, we also have Orton and Nakamura, Owens and Zayn. Oh, I got one. Oh, did, did you see that the contest for fifty thousand dollars? If you could guess the the secret flavor of the new Oreo cookie. Oh my gosh! You didn't see this? Did, no. This actually broke on news. I, before we sat there recording, I was sitting there watching the news. Fifty thousand uh, dollars to the winner with a random draw because I'm sure multiple people did of the new Oreo. They did a a mystery flavor, and it's white and black cookies, right? Okay. So these guys should now be called Fruity Pebbles because that was the name. That it's, was the flavor. John Cena's already got that gimmick. Dude, you already got a tie in to get him over. You have Brock <laughs> and Cena come out and do some spots with him. <laughs> uh, and then we have Orton Nakamura versus Owens and Zane, of course. Shane, the special guest referee. And if Owens and Zane lose, they are fired from SmackDown. No, no, no. They're fired from WWE. Now, see, I, I heard it as, well, okay, yeah, they're fired from WWE, and Stephanie rehires them. Like, they end up I, on Raw. I, I don't know what it was. And, and again, uh, the name of the, sh- the name of the segment is the Shane McMahon Power Hour, two hours, whatever that is, you know. Uh, again, if you're, if you're not in a Shane McMahon program, you're kind of just lumped into this clusterfuck. And then, of course, the probably the most baffling of all. Here we are two weeks out. AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal. And you get a video package. Which makes sense. Uh, Jinder's probably on his way to India. Jinder was on Tribute to the Troops. Ew. Well, maybe... And evidently garnered some real heat from... Maybe the uh audience don't, don't give me spoilers here no that's that's all i'm gonna tell you okay uh I, i'll go with that uh, i actually did take that you know home for myself watching the show it so it's so important for them to make sure you hammer home the shane mcmahon storyline that you leave off the other one that you've ever given attention to for the last eight months exactly. which is anything involved into the wwe championship so that's SmackDown. I was, fur- I, was furious. I was furious on this. Like, what the hell, man? I, I get this Like, you don't package. even get an AJ promo in ring? Here's a selfish reason I love this. I am going to be live next week. I am going to be there with everyone out there listening to us right here on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. All of our outlets, our, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Podbeam, our iTunes. I am going to be... Per- Promoing from there. I'm going to be over in the Hacker Hummy Media Group. I'm going to be at the I am going to be all day Tuesday. I'm going to be out with the people. I am going to, uh, I'm going to steal my brother's gimmick. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to steal Big Ray's gimmick. I've been marking the message, man, with the plan. Big Ray, we're here to talk wrestling all day. I'm going to be that guy on Tuesday. I'm going to be out talking to all the fans in Cincinnati, Ohio about the go home show, the Clash of Champions, right in Cincinnati. So I felt, I was like, you know what? That's great. Build up Shane's freaking promo here this week. 
give me the WWE Championship pro- promo in my hometown. In case you're curious, SmackDown drew a 1.76 rating amongst live and same-night DVR viewers, down from a 1.86 the previous three weeks, the lowest non-holiday rating since October 17th. That Thank you. Thank you, novelty shows. Yep. Anything else that you want to comment on from uh, Team Blue? Man, talk about this again. Me blue balls. Well, I have one question for you. It's been two weeks. Rick, who wins the Royal Rumble? I need two more weeks. (laughs) You motherfucker. So that's going to do it for episode 15. Rick and I I will will will, You know what? I will give you the ultimate Christmas present. I will lay out the Rumble for you on our Christmas episode. There you go. Merry fucking Christmas. God damn it. So that's going to do it for episode 15. Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this weekend with all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're going to be talking Bullet Club, New Japan, Impact, NXT, 205 Live, Lucha News. As always, you can visit our support system for all your daily wrestling needs over at thegorillaposition.com. You can follow our show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. You can also find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. You can shoot us an email at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you? At the Real RBV. At the Hummy Media Group. Head over to Facebook. Make sure you get into the group, the Hummy Media Discussion Group. Take that like button. We'll like you in there. A lot of great stuff going on. If you really, really, really want to find me, I am in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio at Crosley's Barn Grill. I'm about ready to go outside and get a little dirty with my girl C. So that's it for episode 15. We're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Enable me. Don't give up.